Hello, my name is Father Jacob, creator and founder of Region Catholic. Region Catholic is a platform used to teach the Catholic faith with the flavor of Northwest Indiana, also known as the Region. If you like this content, then like, comment, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And better yet, share this, regioncatholic.com, with a friend. If you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon page, found at regioncatholic.com, where you can support us at three levels, get shoutouts on our podcasts, or get your hands on exclusive merchandise. Thank you for your support, enjoy the podcast, and God bless you. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Project 1014, where Father Declan and I will have the opportunity to interview our brother priests and find out a little bit about their backgrounds, but also highlight, too, a little bit about their friendships and relationships they formed as priests in ministry in the Lord's Vineyard. So before we go too much farther, Father Declan, how you doing? What do you think? Oh, it's good. Exciting to be here. Exciting to start this little mini-series up. Definitely. A little little break for the Chosen podcast for the summer, if you followed that podcast, and we'll have a few episodes throughout the summer of the Project 1014 series, as I mentioned. And today, we have the opportunity to have two guests, two brother priests, on for today. And so, I'll go ahead and start and introduce the pastor, my pastor, here at St. Michael's, Father Marty. Father Marty, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you think, huh? What do I think? I think everything is going to be wonderful. We're going to have a great interview. Nice. And uh, looking forward to it. Nice. So uh, what's your role here? Obviously, you're the pastor at St. Michael's, but then also tell the people about your diocesan roles as well. Well, uh, the pastor here at St. Michael's also have been in charge of the Office of Worship and Catechumenate for over 30, almost 30 years, and uh, have the in that capacity, uh, work with the bishop in regards to diocesan liturgies and other catechetical things that affect the catechumenate, that is, you know, the RCIA and uh, liturgy in general. And on the national level, uh, belonging to our, our region of the Federation of Diocesan Liturgical Commissions, and have served on that board for a number of years uh, in the past, and uh, continue to look forward to working in those areas. Nice, 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 indeed, indeed. And uh, also joining us this week as well is uh, uh, Father Marty's friend, but also the pastor at Our Lady of Consolation, Father Peter Muha. Here we go, Father Peter. What do you think, huh? Hey, it's good to be with you today. Um, I'm uh, surprised, you know, to have been asked to, to talk, but I'm, I'm happy to, happy to uh, do so. Uh, I'm Pastor of Our Lady of Consolation Church. I've been a priest for almost 33 years uh, and a friend of Father Marty's for, oh, since probably senior year of high school. So Nice, nice. Well, hopefully that friendship continues after this interview. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, to start it off then, I, you mentioned how long you've been a priest. So why don't you tell us, Father Peter, what drew you to the priesthood? What does that initial story look like? Well, it's actually um, a story that um, started 51 years ago tomorrow. Oh, whoa. Interesting. Okay. Tomorrow will be uh, the 51st anniversary of my first Holy Communion. Mm. And it was on the day of my uh, first communion at the party afterwards over at our house. Uh, our pastor, Father Henry Krasinski, came over uh, and I sat on his lap. 
and I told everybody, I'm going to be a priest when I grow up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you were pretty sure of it that early on, third grade. Well, I was certainly attracted to it. <laughs> you and know. So then when did you sign the contract that you were going to be a priest? Fourth grade? or oh. Yeah. No, just no I had to keep, you know, keep working on my uh, practice masses and all that sort of stuff. But, mm -hmm. uh, nice, nice. But then I would say during uh, during grade school, especially uh, after moving to uh, St. John, uh, the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration were teachers there, mm -hmm. uh, and several of them were uh, very much encouraging uh, me to pursue priesthood. So I had that. And, of course, can't forget uh, of blessed memory, Father Joe Till, who was uh, extremely supportive during uh, my whole time in the seminary. Oh, I gotcha. So now, a lot of support on the way and the whole thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, as you were talking, I remembering uh, you telling a story about a fellow uh, scout member that was also discerning the priesthood. Oh, right. Yes. yes, yes. So you weren't doing it necessarily alone, or right, right. Yes, I had, uh, uh, of course, companions along the way, uh, like Father James Mead, uh, of blessed memory, that uh, you know. We were in scouts together, and uh, we were. Um, he he was Catholic. I was Catholic. It was not a Catholic troop per se, um, and so once we discovered each other as being Catholic, you know, we kind of hung around with each other <laughs> more, and uh, and then discovered that both of us wanted to be a priest, and uh, uh, it was uh, the beginning of a, a, a supportive uh, relationship throughout our lives. That's almost like winning the lottery. The odds of that happening is right. probably yeah. very small. But find another Catholic kid in your Boy Scout troop, and then on also top wants of that, to be a priest. <laughs> to be a priest. Yeah, nice. So, Father Marty, is your story similar or different? What does yours look like? Uh, I've began thinking about uh, priesthood when I was in grade school, early grade school too. Uh, maybe not on my first communion day. I'll share a little little story at the end uh, about. And at my first birthday, but mm. uh, so I was very intrigued uh, by the way the priests in, in my parish uh, dealt with people and worked with people, etc. And that was just very intriguing to me. So it was something that was kind of attracted me. My older brother thought about being a priest, he did not become one in the end, uh, but my grandmother had made you know, vestments for him to, you know, play mass, you know. <laughs> nice. And uh, so I inherited those vestments, so then we would play mass. It was like a big deal. My sisters would be there. We'd have a congregation in the whole nine yards. And, and uh, yeah. So you so were I, a liturgist from the very beginning. I yeah, mean, I guess. Yeah, the arranging, I was, yeah. I was still working with the old missal at that time, you know. And, <laughs> Me too. Uh, the old, old missal. Uh, I was going to say, which old one now? The yeah, old, old yeah. Missal, the English, <laughs> English Latin one oh, at that point. Oh, wow. So... Yes, and I did take up a collection because it wasn't a valid mass. Father Lazar taught me that of beloved memory, that it's not really valid just to take a collection up. So <laughs> You were prepared um, to be a pastor, too, from day one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the bill's got to get paid. you got to buy that Wonder Bread somehow and <laughs> yeah, smash right. it down into that host. So, yeah, so, but that was just kind of as a kid, a kid thing. But I really was intrigued and in, in, uh, with, um, with the liturgy, certainly, and uh, lived at that time when First Communion my first communion 
happened right at the beginning of uh, the present liturgy that we celebrate in English. And uh, so there was a great deal of excitement about uh, the Mass and about the Church at that time. It's hard for persons that are further removed to kind of understand that after the Second Vatican Council that was you know, still very fresh. So there was a lot of excitement with teachers and everything. And so it was something that was very much on my mind. And it was so much so that when I left uh, the, graduated from grade school from Our Lady of Grace in Highland, I really wanted to go to a minor seminary. And uh, so my parents were a little leery, but they were supportive. And so I went to minor seminary up in Mount Calvary, Wisconsin with the Capuchin Friars. And it was a really wonderful four years and very much part of my discernment uh, to becoming a priest. Now, my first birthday is very interesting because we had a custom. I don't know if other persons did. I always told it was like a Polish custom. But on their first birthday, they would sit down like on the living room floor about you know, seven, ten feet from you. They'd put a, a shot glass, a Bible, and some money. And then they'd let the baby crawl to whatever was going to be. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, this did, is. Did this you is, do this? Did you just follow Peter? So, so this is like one year old, this, yeah. one year old little Father Marty. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So it was okay. just it just kind of a fun thing. So I remember with my younger siblings, this going on. It was just always kind of fun. So if you picked up the if you picked up the money, then you're going to be a banker or something of this sort. And okay. If you, if you picked up the Bible, then you're going to be a priest. You know. And if you pick up the shot glass, well, maybe that's not going to be the best thing for you, you know. <laughs> so being pigeonholed at age one, I know. Yeah, I know. Awesome. The problem was, is I scooped up all three. So, oh. <laughs> but certainly the Bible was probably the most important part of it. That is such an awesome tradition. So, for all those uh, you know potential new parents out there, then you heard it here. It's a lot of fun. Have you it ever? Makes, it makes the first birthday party a lot of fun. Have you ever preached about that before? That's an awesome story. I don't know if I've ever used that in a homily. That's a great story. That is good. That's really good. I think that's very Polish too. Very much. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to ask my mom. I mean, my grandfather and that side on my mom's side, you know, is Polish. So I'll have to see if that. Uh, that endured from it the old country. It might just be a Calumet City custom. I don't yeah, know. The, the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Northwest Indiana Polish. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's been great to hear a little bit about you guys. And just to clarify, too, you mentioned uh, Minor Seminary um, being both a part of your stories, right? Yes. And so uh, can one of you clarify, you know, if the, the listeners don't know, I mean, Minor Seminary, like, what is that? Well, before the council, there was minor seminary was high school in the first two years of college, which mm -hmm. was considered philosophy, and then major seminary was the last, what we would consider the last two years of college and four years of theology. After the council, minor seminary was considered high school, mm -hmm. then there was college seminary, and then theology, which is graduate school. So it was high school seminary, it was high school, had 300 and some students when I was there. Mm -hmm. And still is existence, and still is thriving. We had, they had all the sports, everything, mm -hmm. etc. Except we had chapel every day, mm -hmm. and uh, those sorts of things. And uh, one's discernment, you know, was taken very seriously. But it wasn't like we weren't wearing cassocks and and running around on our knees and drinking holy water. <laughs> it was yeah, it yeah. was very it was very normal uh, in in respect, and I uh, consider it great 
advantage because there were things that we did that we did or that we went to or that we experienced in high school seminary that high schoolers in the 1970s were not experiencing part of part of our junior and senior year uh was like a sociological kind of perspective in our formation and so we would go like to the soup kitchen in milwaukee mm-hmm. uh i remember we'd make a visit down to Gary and, and kind of a weekend kind of visit into South Chicago and everything, going to Operation Push. I don't know of anybody that went to Highland High School that went to an Operation Push meeting So <laughs> yeah. uh, in 1975. So I, I think it was just a whole other kind of experience of, of society and of the church mm-hmm. that was so much broader than I, I certainly would have gotten at home. Yeah. Mm. And- Father Marty and I went to the same high school seminary. Ah, okay, okay. Since uh, Father Marty is older than I am, we actually weren't in the seminary at the same time. Okay, okay. And then what? So after uh, after the high school seminary, then uh, where did you guys go? Where did you go to college seminary and then theology? Well, my my path took a little uh, detour. <clears throat> they, as uh, Father Marty said. The high school seminary was run by the Capuchin Franciscans. And so I got the bug while I was a student there uh, and decided to join um, the Franciscans. And so they had a pre-novitiate program that they just started uh, on the south side of Gary. Oh. And not, I'm sorry, on the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And... I had gotten a scholarship to go to Calumet College of St. Joseph, and so it worked out perfectly. Um, so I spent two years on the south side of Chicago uh, and then attending Calumet College and then um, entered the novitiate uh, up in Racine, Wisconsin. And after about uh, seven months or so, uh, you know, learning more about the friars and, and the fact that um, as much as they respect the priesthood, you know, you didn't become a Capuchin in order to become a priest. You might not be a priest someday. You might be in some other ministry. Mm-hmm. And I was at the point in my discernment where I really felt called to the priesthood. And so I left the novitiate and uh, resumed my college studies down at St. Minerid Seminary in southern Indiana. Okay, and so there are paths crossed again, <laughs> uh, and this time uh, I was going into theology. Then you were coming into college, and so I did my college at Saint Minerid. Uh, when I finished my high school, my mother particularly was very insistent that I not go on, but take a year out and go to Purdue Calumet. And I was very insistent in the other direction because I knew at that point, I knew this is pretty much what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I really, I, Purdue Calumet would not be a good thing for me because what am I going to study? You know, I'll study English. and th- I mean, it, was, it just wasn't, I needed to start my philosophy, etc. So uh, it wasn't uh, what I wanted to do. And so I, I came from a family of, of uh, six and there wasn't a lot of money. My father worked two jobs. My mother worked. And so I wasn't asking them to pay. And so at that time, there were happened to be in the state of Indiana, wonderful, wonderful tuition aid if you did an in-state college for 
people of middle class and lower middle class families. Just really very good tuition aid. So I was able to get uh, tuition aid scholarships and then also a work study and, and and things of this sort and had to take some loans. And I and I went down to St. Mingrid. My parents, you know, they were in the end. My mother said, okay, fine. They acquiesced if that's what you want to do, uh, you know, and but we can't really help that much, We, can, you know, and I understood that. So uh, I began my college career down there and did my four years of college there, majored in history and uh, and minored in philosophy and sociology. It was a wonderful four years. Mm-hmm. And then I began my theology there too as well. Nice. No, it's an interesting point that both Father Marty and Father Peter make is that uh, everybody's discernment so different mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, Father Peter is like, you know what, maybe looking at religious life for a while. Father Marty, after he finishes four years of high school, is just like, no, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I want to do. Right. So right. It's just interesting how uh, God works in our lives in those different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Certainly, certainly. So then Father Peter, uh, while Father Marty was at uh, St. Mindred for theology, then you went on to Rome for your theological studies, right? Right. Well, we were, I was in college while Father Marty was in theology. Okay, <clears> so <throat> he would have been ordained. Matter and then, of fact, right, right. Okay. Matter of fact, the day I graduated from college, the next day he was being ordained a priest. Oh, okay. Nice. And gotcha. so I had to hightail it um, down, you know, up uh, back, back to the diocese because, uh, Father Marty and I had become very good friends during mm-hmm. that time at uh, St. Meinrad, uh, working in the theater together and uh, other liturgical things as well. And I, and I can say I can attest that they worked in the theater together because I went on a um, associate pastor workshop this past January at St. Meinrad, and there are playbills on the wall, and they do include, indeed, Martin Dobrinsky and Peter Muha. They are wow. there. <laughs> They're not lying to the us. The living oh. legends. Well, I have videotapes sometime if you want to watch. Oh, oh man. We have to find the VHS player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. We have, fashion. we have a VCR at the at the St. Michael's Rectory oh, combo. Just in case. Yeah. yeah. You, you never know. Just for evenings like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? Why not, right? No, so, but, I, yeah. after I finished uh-huh. uh, college... Um, I was invited by Bishop Gritka, actually, you know, really, uh, I didn't want to go to Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to stay at St. Minorin. And uh, Bishop was pretty insistent that he wanted me to go to Rome. And so, uh, in the end, that's where I went. I was going to say, off <laughs> you went, right? <laughs> off I went. And, Nothing uh, like obedience. Yeah. four wonderful years uh, studying in Rome and traveling Europe and uh, just gaining a whole uh, new perspective on the universal church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which one of the universities, again, did you study at when you were there? I studied at the uh, Pontifical uh, College of St. Thomas Aquinas. Okay, gotcha. So the uh, what's the colloquial name for that? I can't remember. The Angelicum. Angelicum, thank you. I'm right. like brain freezing was, over here. Yeah, It was the... Uh, the university run by the Dominicans, mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually uh, one of the universities that Pope John Paul II went to. Ah, gotcha. So the Angelicum, <clears throat> and then you lived 
at the North American College, right? right? At, the, at the Pontifical North American College. It took me a long time to learn that, like, you couldn't study at the North American College, but you just lived there, and there are other places you went to study. Right. So, I was actually, I wrote yeah. in a bulletin article about this, uh, that the Collegio in Rome, as in other European um, cities, refers to the men living together. That's uh, the collegio, like the college, we talk about the college of bishops, the college of cardinals. So uh, it's, it's the group of men gathering together. So that's where we, we lived and we prayed, mm -hmm. um, and did formation. But then we would go out to the universities of the city of Rome. Gotcha. Which gotcha. is, yeah, a little different than the American way of, like Father Marty at St. Minerit or us mm -hmm. at Mundelein, you know, where mm -hmm. we lived and studied at the same place at the university. Yeah, okay. Nice. Well, I want to fast forward a little bit. I have a question. So you guys have both been a priest for quite a few years now. Is there one ministry that, you know, in your 30 plus years of priesthood that really sticks out, like something that you have just really enjoyed that's brought you a lot of life? Nothing like putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. right well, there's, I mean, there are really, honestly, <laughs> not to try, there are just many different things. Oh, and yeah. that's what's wonderful, I think, about the priesthood. It's not like, you're just doing kind of basically one thing. You, you, you're, you're, for lack of it, your hand, your hands are in so many other things. There's so many other things that you're doing. So it's never, ever been boring. That is for sure. And then when it gets close, <laughs> yeah. a pandemic comes and you have to adjust for that, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Nice. But all those years before helped. Uh -huh. <laughs> but for, uh, for me, I think that, uh, certainly I, I never, Father Peter could attest to this. When I was in the seminary, I really didn't. I was never on the liturgy committee or anything of this sort for the uh, for the college or theology. I would occasionally play the piano for morning prayer or something, but I, I really that was not my thing. I had gotten involved in the theater on the technical side of things, lighting and sound and things like that, uh, and so I I had done that. When I came out, I, I never expected, uh, when I came, uh, got ordained and was here in the diocese, what I do now was the least thing from my mind that I thought I was going to do. Mm -hmm. At that time, uh, priests many times came out of the seminary at ordination and then were assigned to a high school uh, to teach theology or to be involved somehow in the high school life, yeah. etc. So I actually thought, well, I'll probably end up at Bishop Knoll teaching theology and then I'll get involved with with the theater there with Father Winderlin, mm -hmm. who, you know, was already far ahead of me, God rest his soul, and, you know, and probably do theater and something like yeah. that. Nice you know. progression. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. you know. And it was just kind of fell to me to become an MC. It, literally, it was like I was asked out of the blue to be a master of ceremonies. Um, bishop Gone had been just made our bishop. And so I, I said, mm -hmm. sure, you know, and... Sooner before I knew it, after uh, two years, I think, then the person who was the main master of ceremonies stepped down, and I became the main master of ceremonies. I'm like, okay, it's quick, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it was it was very quick. And so then people are asking me questions about liturgy, and and then I get a call from the newspapers, oh, you're the liturgist of the diocese. I'm like, wait a second, I'm not the liturgist for the diocese. I had no more liturgy than any other priest had that went to school. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and Bishop Gone would treat me, and then finally said, you know, if that's what you want me to do, then I need to go away and study about it. You know, so it was like the least amount of thing, that, but it's been very life giving to me. I, I enjoy it. 
Um, it's uh, sometimes very challenging. Um, I enjoy it because I think when we uh, do the liturgy well, uh, all sorts of lights go on for people. Things happen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, uh, very concerned about doing the liturgy well, very passionate about it, very much involved with that and trying to help other people to do that because I, I think that that's like the one place where we see pretty much everybody that we're going to see. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. counseling, we'll do some of that. We'll do all those things. But really, Everybody together, we see them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's the core. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. And uh, for that additional studies to Father Marty, you went to Notre Dame, right? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Nice. Go Irish. Notre Dame du Lach. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, uh, Father Peter? Is there something that really sticks out in your 30 years of priesthood, 30 plus years? Well, I guess, um, you know, to follow up on what uh, Father Marty said, uh, when he became uh, the headmaster of ceremonies, uh, we were already friends, and so he invited me to become uh, one of the masters of ceremonies as well. And so, you know, we've kind of been a team mm-hmm. <laughs> all these years. You got drug along with him, right? Right. <laughs> uh, and it's it's uh, it's beautiful work. I, I I really love being a, a master of ceremonies and involved in the diocesan liturgical commission and, and the office of worship. Um, that's always been, um, you know, kind of the core of, of my priesthood is, is the liturgy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one aspect of it that, um, I also got to be able, um, to become involved in is, uh, a little bit of, um, church renovation, church architecture. Uh, I've always had an interest in architecture since grade school. And, uh, and so, uh, I've had the opportunity to be involved in the renovation of uh, four different churches uh, over the past uh, 33 years. And that's uh It's been a really rewarding um, ministry. Yeah, there's been numerous projects that you've all helped with, right? I mean, whether that's oh, yeah. like the cathedral or like, you know, for Father Marty, the parish here, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, the cathedral renovation, that's probably... One of the more significant things that uh, I was put in charge of and accomplished with the help of many, many people was the renovation of the cathedral, which began in in 97. And then finally, you know, went through stages. And the, the final stage was the addition that was put onto the cathedral uh, with new sacristies, et cetera, to make the place much more inviting, mm-hmm. which was um, after the year 2000. And then we've both been involved in the, the, in, in the big things, you know. The, sure. The year 2000, you all were how old in 2000? <laughs> I was in second grade, I think. Second grade. <laughs> yeah. Third grade. Third, yeah. So yeah. There, was a, there was a big build up to 2000 for the three years coming up to the year 2000. <laughs> there was a, a big build up of uh, discussion groups and things and all kinds of stuff that I, I was, Peter was involved and I was involved in it. And Rebecca, God rest her soul, mm. you know, and all building up to 2000, and in 2000, we had our, our first big liturgy at the Genesis Center and Eucharistic Adoration and procession to the cathedral. And um, that that we had close to 4,000 people that, mm. at that big one. Nice. And um, so then those other ones that we've done, we did our anniversary there in 2007, and then most recently we had the Mass for the uh, 
um, synod. synod yeah. 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 I was going to mm -hmm. say it's you very know. reminiscent of the synod then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From mm -hmm. the mass. Yeah. So, so I have a folder, nice thick folder that I just give people. <laughs> when they think about doing it here, this is what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's not easy. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Also, too, before we go too much farther, explain what the Genesis Center is, if oh, someone hasn't sorry, heard sorry. of that. The it's Genesis okay. Center yeah. is, is the only, well, the convention center. We kind of had a convention center used to there on Route 30 and, and uh, I-65 at a Holiday Plaza. It's but no, that, it's no that, more. It's no more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so the, it's really the only really convention center that's, a, that's around. In Hammond, there's the Civic Center. But, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, so... It's a big convention center in downtown uh, on Fifth and Broadway. In the heart of Gary. In the heart of Gary. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was once home, I think, to a semi-pro basketball team. Yes, but, it was. Yeah. And to the Miss America contest. Thank you, Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, it, it really does have a really interesting history. Just it's like really the incredible. city of Gary does. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. It's all wrapped up in the region somehow, and our priesthood's all one way or another, right? So, Peter, you, though, also in in theology, though, you had opportunity to canter for the Holy Father. Oh, didn't you? Oh, sure, yeah. We want to hear about that. You want to hear yeah, about I've that? I've never thing? heard this story. You've never heard this story? <laughs> no, oh. I'm learning so much about you, Father Peter. Wow, wow. Yes, uh, when I was in theology in Rome um, for uh, pontifical liturgies, you know, Masses with the Pope, they would often use uh, the seminarians from the various uh, national colleges uh, in the city. Mm. And um, when Easter, uh, it was the turn of uh, the North American College to uh, provide the, the ministers at the Easter vigil. And so I was a cantor um, at college, you know, at the seminary. Um, and so I got recommended to um, canter one of the responsorial psalms during uh, the Easter vigil over which Pope John Paul um, presided. Like St. Peter's presided. Yeah, like, well, in St. Peter's. In St. Peter's. Yeah. In St. Peter's. Yeah. Wow. Right. Nice. I've got this great picture of me, uh, you know, standing at the ambo, uh -huh. singing, and Pope John Paul II in his chair, right, uh -huh. kind of behind me. He's got this kind of frown on his face. So <laughs> that's because you still had your beard that they told you you right. had to shave off. That's right. I had my beard. I wouldn't shave my beard off. That's right. Not even that's for right. a saint. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, if I remember correctly, I sang at a, liturg at a liturgy presided over by the Pope five times oh, during wow. my, nice. my time in Rome. So it was kind of cool. Those are yeah. definitely some of the benefits of studying in Rome, that, <laughs> right. traveling Europe, mm -hmm. everything else. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, first-class relics are, like, actual, like, you know, matter from the saint. Yeah. So mm -hmm. The bone. Yeah, you're probably, like, third-class then. I am. He might yeah. have, like, spit on you, you know, when he was responding. <clears throat> so he yeah. shook his hand and everything else. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. even oh, better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you always, always stand in line and get to uh, shake the Pope's did hand you, Did you kiss his ring? Of course. Oh, of course. Oh, Pre-COVID times, so right. nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, didn't you, you didn't have to wear a mask for all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. no masks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, uh, as we start to kind of wind down here, um, you know, if there's anyone listening that is potentially considering the possibility of priesthood, um, is there one piece of advice you could give them, or maybe uh, one thing that you think they should know about the priesthood? What do you think? 
I, I guess I would say the one thing that they should know is the thing that the, the, the rumor or mistruth that goes around. Priesthood is not lonely. Mm-hmm. I can definitely contest to that. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you are not lonely in the priesthood. I mean, it is a a journey with the Lord Jesus in a particular way that uh, never leaves you disappointed. Uh, there are challenges. There are times for growth. Sometimes there's times for tears. But you're never lonely. Ultimately, you're never lonely. Indeed, sometimes I pray to be left alone. <laughs> um, and uh, you know. So I, I, you know, I think in the early years, you know, it's, as you're getting used to it, it's it's one thing. But I, I have to say, looking back, it's certainly a very fulfilling life. And as I said earlier, there are so many things that you are able to participate in and to do, and and the the least not being helping people get to the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, to grow in their relationship with the Lord in their different vocations in life and to get to the ultimate goal. So that's always been the, the second thing other than liturgy. I, I do, I do, I've done a lot of teaching in the diocese, uh, adult, um, adult education and with our lay ministry formation and with the deacon formation. And the thing that I've always, I get such energy out of is when I'm teaching a subject and, and I see light bulb goes on in mm-hmm. people's heads. And I'm like, oh, the Holy Spirit is working. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And so I, I would just encourage anybody who would be thinking about it, don't don't listen to that stuff because it isn't true. It's, it's just coming from true. people that aren't priests. Yes. Yeah. 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 It isn't true. I, I've sadly met some people who are in marriages who are lonelier than, than I would ever be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. I would certainly follow up on that. Uh, and it's not it's not lonely because we have each other. Mm-hmm. You know, the presbyterate, as it's called, uh, the whole body of priests uh, support one another. And uh, it's a very uh, uh, important part of our lives to get together. Uh, as the uh, as people at this table know, Father Marty is uh, very gracious in uh, hosting dinners at the rectory. And all of our um, priests have, you know, their group of friends that they... Uh, support and um there's opportunities for us to get together as a whole presbyterate on mm-hmm. retreat mm-hmm. so that kind of fraternal support uh again uh you're never going to you know truly be lonely uh in the priesthood you're always going to have the support of your brothers um the one piece of advice that I would give is if you are interested uh, if you're just thinking about it, becoming a priest, uh, don't be afraid to mention it to your pastor or to the associate pastor, um, because they can put you into contact with uh, the vocation team, and there are uh, all sorts of activities for, for various age levels uh, in order to, you know, Find those other guys who, you know, are interested in the priesthood, too, just like I did in the Boy Scouts so many years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our listeners and anyone, you know, thinking about uh, priesthood these days might not find uh, 
that kind of look in their uh, Boy Scout troop, I must say. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, but it's a great tool, though, to be able to connect, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fellow young men together that are thinking about that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The vocation team is, you know, very eager to talk to anybody. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about uh, becoming a priest. So. Amen. I can attest. So, so the other thing, the other support too, we, we want to forget because as you were talking about that, uh, Peter, is certainly the people of God. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many good people that want um, us to succeed because if we succeed, they succeed. So there are so many good people out there who are always there to um, offer uh, their support uh, you know, not just verbally, but like, you know, Father, you want to come over for dinner or whatever. I mean, there's just, there's your family, you know, gets big. I think sometimes a parents worry that if their son is going to be a priest, they're not going to have grandchildren or these sorts of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I wish my mother could be here because she would tell you she has tons of, she has tons of boys. You all know her. And your parents are the same way. You, yeah. you guys just started, you know. And Father Peter's mom had tons of boys, you know. Uh-huh. So because you inherit the presbyter you, you to an extent. You inherit the right. to an exactly. extent. Yeah. Exactly. So it's never, and even when we would travel, you know, and people would come up to my mother or my father because I was a priest or whatever and just treat them like royalty sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, so it's not, you never, you, you gain a whole nother family. My mother has a whole nother family, not just priests, but parishioners and parishes where I've been and things. And, and you'll, you guys will find that out over the years too, you know, um, that, you know, so the people love to adopt the parents of priests, mm-hmm. um, in that sense too. Yeah. Don't worry. I can attest to having invited myself over to the, the, uh, McNicholas household on a few <laughs> occasions. So. Yeah, and then yeah. my mom's asking, "When is he coming over again?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe if she's listening, this could be the sign. Oh, you know? the invite. Hey, yeah, invite myself over, right? Yeah. I'm waiting for the invite over to the McDaniel family. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to be fun. We got to work that one out. Maybe yeah. they just saw some pizza in Michigan City. There we go. So no. this will be the test. You know who's listening, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But all right, my friends, my brothers, it's been a great chance to have the opportunity to interview you both, Father Marty and Father Peter, today. So thank you for your gracious yes, uh, your yes in ministry to the priesthood, but also the yes in order to be interviewed today. And so this is our first rendition of the Project 1014 miniseries for the summer, where we have the chance to learn a little bit more about your shepherds, uh, particularly in the Diocese of Gary, and some of their stories to ministry. If you found today's episode beneficial, then please like and share, maybe reference a few people that might benefit from listening to it. And until then, we'll have another episode coming out soon. So God bless you, and we'll sign off there.